Hello and welcome to Say That Podcast. Give big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. I've hopped up on sugar. Okay. I got a total sugar rush going. It's pretty sweet. You're gonna drink some uh, Mountain Dew and play play Star Defender all night long. Could be. Really get it going. Get that Rush mixtape cranked yeah, up. That's yeah. right. So joining us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Sugar's my anti-drug. Oh yeah, well, that works. Yeah. I think according to the uh, the FDA, it's more just your drug. Oh well, hmm. I guess your drug can be your anti other drugs. Sure, absolutely. And the, your insulin can be your, your <laughs> anti sugar drug. <laughs> so it all works out. Insulin is your anti anti drug. That's right. Also, joining us all the way from Mercury, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. I can't taste anything because I've been sick for a long time. Sorry, oh, buddy. Wow, mm. buddy. Well, I th- I think it's fair to say that the uh, the the rice krispie treat cupcakes with frosting on top of them may have sh- may shock your system to the point where it just does a full reset. Yeah. yeah, just all the taste buds come back. The sickness leaves the body. This should be the cure. Absolutely, That's common cold. Okay. Absolutely, it's it's a cure for so many things. We yes. it's worth a shot. Well, we uh, we have a, we have a big show lined up. But yeah. of course, first I have a social media emergency. Whoa. Uh, are you declaring an emergency? I am now. I inform you, and is, then I declare. Is that the way that we declare an it's emergency? It's a two-step authentication process. <laughs> That's very good. I declare a very secure emergency. Okay. And I have eight minutes worth of jokes about who might be trying to hack our emergency, but we're trying to be disciplined on this podcast. That's so right. Do it. That's right. But what we do have is a social media emergency that came in via the Twitters from our friend Mary, who... Uh, sent along a story of a monastery that adopted a stray schnauzer that wandered into their their monastery. Right. Who they put in the robe. I imagine most people saw this picture. And he's like, he's kind of looks like a Scottish Terrier schnauzer, if you know that kind of face. It looks like he has a mustache with the fur. So they have named him uh, Father Mustache. That's, That's excellent. Right. Which yes. is fantastic. Uh, Mary sent this along to us with the suggestion, maybe you guys should hire a dog for the podcast. Right. I like this idea. I'd like to explore it more in the sense of, I I responded to Mary that I I didn't want to cause undue competition because Jed is also scruffy and adorable. That's right. And if we shortened the story, just kind of wandered into Glenn's house one day. Sure. Many years ago. Pretty true. (laughs) And was adopted. But he does refuse to wear the outfits we buy him. That's mm. absolutely so he, true. So he is the podcast mascot, but maybe not as efficient a one as we would like. Sure. That's, that's really true. Well, here's my question is, it, you know, in light of Jed kind of shirking his responsibilities as the, as the studio mascot, could we have, could the bird be like a podcast mascot? Wow. That's a good possibility. You see, normally when, uh, knowing this from uh, kind of Southern football where there's a lot of dog related mascots normally when the mascot starts biting people they have to be retired <laughs> yeah. so i think if we take someone with a creature with a history of biting well right. just jed but sure, jed is only a people. Jed, yeah yeah i think we may be violating nca regulations and so well ways. i i because you bring up an important point because the idea is a mascot is supposed to in a sense represent the 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 thing that you're you know inspiring sure. you know sure. what I mean yeah it's, it's a we're, it's we're a tough or you know yeah it's, it's a Georgia bulldog you know you're yeah. a very tough yeah. bulldog like uh, team yes yes you know 
I the Northwestern that, better than you. That's <laughs> I think that is what they're called. You know. Well, but I, I think you're making an argument for a bird mascot. Okay. Okay. Right. Pitch me. Angry for no reason. Yeah. Right. Fair. That fits. Easily distracted. Yeah. Definitely. Disproportionately violent. Yeah. That's true. Demanding nonstop attention. Yeah. Also yes. adorable. Also adorable. Yeah. Key activities: stillness and eating. Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> this, this kind of small. Bitter, yes, will just bite you. Yes, sure. Particularly if you're trying to aid it and take care of it. Yeah, it will lash out and gnaw on your flesh. Yeah, we, yeah. we. I think we can surmise from it only wanting to eat Jed's flesh that it has a taste, as we've mentioned before, for Doritos and Mountain Dew. <laughs> right, <laughs> which right. again works for this podcast. That's right. Yeah, if you if you take Jed's blood, you draw it. It is basically Mountain Dew with puddles of ranch dressing. Yeah, that's yeah, correct. There's no doubt about that's that. That's correct. So you can't blame a bird for wanting to get in on that. I'm delicious. Let's yes. not be confused yeah. about it. Richly marbled. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, so <laughs> sure. But is a bird could fly if it wanted to. Yeah. Prefers to ride around the house on someone's shoulder. Yes, yes. I think that ca- captures an attitude very much of this podcast. Yeah. No I you know I wouldn't have thought of it in the first place, but it does kind of capture the essence there. It's pretty good. Yeah. So I th- I think Bird is leading the clubhouse. Do we have any other thoughts, Lee? Well, the, the other thought that I had was some sort of fish mascot to go with the fish pills. I don't know if oh sure okay sure. yeah I don't know I if that would work out, but it, it's it's probably worth exploring. We know how like the flag of Mexico is the eagle with the snake in its talons. Yeah, yes. Could it be a bird carrying a fish pill. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That could if we're trying to, if we're going a little abstract, we're trying to get it all in there. No, I think that's. Uh, I think that's. Uh, it could it be a bird in one hand because this is what you call the duality of man. Oh, I oh. like it. Hit me. The fish that he's got in one talon a fish pill. Yes, and in the other talon. Some Taco Bell. Yes. Okay. So it's like. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know like what I mean? That. Like your yin and your yang. Yes. It's just like you know that. I mean? Like Here's that. The olive branch and the quiver of arrows. That's yes. right. It's like, which way are we going to go yes. with that? Yes. So, you know. I think that's very good. I think it, it would be hard because uh, obviously what we're pitching here is a live mascot situation. Mm-hmm. So I think that, I mean, if we get the super baby online. Right, I think I think there's some ethical concerns with making what would essentially, in a weird way, be our child, be the mascot that may run afoul of some child labor laws. Could be, and and plus, uh, as as eagle-eared fans of the podcast will remember, do the, eagles have really good hearing? Absolutely, sure. Oh. Let's go with it. Uh, <laughs> it is I'll call that, that for no uh, reason. <laughs> is that uh, what happens? Is uh, with a genetically enhanced. Uh, Super baby, which of course has all four of our DNAs. So right. We're, yeah. we're trying to put that together and make a giant super baby. The thing about it is he's gonna run amok. Oh well, clearly. That's true. The super baby's gonna rule us all, so Yeah, you don't you don't really want that in a studio full of sensitive equipment. Yeah. yeah. We also don't want to sow the seeds of rebellion in that. Right. Well the, and this is the other problem is if the bird is here mm-hmm. for the podcast, we may have other issues with, you know, bird security. Sure, 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 absolutely. Well, there's no doubt about that. I think that's absolutely right. So Secure Bird is, is an important part of this. I think if we're looking at the mascot idea, which I think mm-hmm. is good, mm-hmm. um, so we, we'll have the live bird, but even your, your all your you know athletic teams, colleges, whatever, they'll have, you know, even if they have the thing, they'll have, you know, the University of Tennessee has Smokey, and right. uh, you know, the University of Texas has Beefo, has the actual, right. but then they'll also have the dude who dresses up in the suit. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Because, you know. The you Vikings really, have Ragnar. Absolutely. You can't make 
an animal do that much stuff. They can right, do what right, they right. want. Um, so if what do we want the person in the bird suit to do? Bite people. You, okay, you're rolling with that. That's yeah, that absolutely. I totally, and I can't say this strong enough, agree with Jet. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Can Biting ha- people, that's that get nobody else is doing that. We're yeah. gonna have to engineer a pretty sophisticated mascot head. Well, <laughs> we could also have a uh, you know, if the if if there are ethical violations to having an actual super baby as the mascot for child labor laws, you could have like the super baby costume and like you could have a raffle for different super fans to don the costume. Sure. Ooh. You know, during during yeah. recordings. That's right. And and just when they don't we, need to be here. Just we'll tell them when we're recording, and they can wear it at their own. Yeah, exactly. that's right. Yes. That would be optimal. Sure. Just not be where we are, <laughs> because uh, confusing conversation with your roommates. Yeah, yes. but uh, because here's the thing: is uh, it we we need to let me just put this out there. Do it, and if you guys don't like it, you send it right back. Okay, sure. I'm just putting this on the back porch and see if the cat licks it up. Now, here's what I'm saying. Drone. You want our mascot to be a drone. Well, we could have... You basic... want to put a bird costume on a drone. Let me just say, let's pre- pretend we're in a football stadium. Yes. Everybody's there, and it's time for the game to start. Okay. You could have one dude run out in a, with a big head. Right, yeah. Oh, sure. You know how they do. Yeah, yeah. And he flaps his arms around, wow, 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 and all that. Sure, you know? yeah. Okay, that's fine. But what if we just released like a thousand drones? <laughs> well, it's starting with the drone. And it's buzzing the crowd and they're swatting. And that's what that would get people's attention. You've kind of well, got a Hitchcock would. vibe going there. And Thank I you. like it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Hitchcock, exactly. Is anybody doing a remake, but it's the drones? <laughs> sure. Whoa. Sure. Yeah, so you're pitching not so much adorable. So we went from adorable to actively terrifying the audience. And- what you're talking about, and I love where you're going with this. This is frightening. Is a secular humanist professor. Okay. At a school. <laughs> yes. Who's getting an army of drones. Yes. That sure. he's going to, and it's up to one Christian student yes. who's earnest and sincere sure. and wearing to train a, a bird. To train a bird. Thank you. Yes. To stop him. <laughs> yes. Jesus Bird, the yes. movie. Yes. <laughs> Based on a true story. Based on, a true, on a true story. story. Not aerial, a chain email at all. Yeah, aerial combat scenes a la Top Gun. Yes. That's right. Where's the, what's the hard deck? Just dogfights with drones. Can, can we just, yeah. can, I mean. A how, bird biting through drones. We can get Kenny Loggins. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, sure. how much work is he getting these days? Anyone can get Kenny Loggins. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Get him. Yeah. Right into the I danger zone. I mean, K-Log zone. comes at a price, but he's willing to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, we're, we're going right into the danger zone, y'all. We really are. See what I'm saying? Yes. Can we name the bird Maverick? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. No doubt. Okay. Absolutely. So I think we've, this, this is going to be the best thing I ever see with Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's I, a winner. I, I come with humility and embarrassment, but I feel like, I, I think it's great, first of all. Right. And I'm super thankful that Mary... Uh, wrote in suggesting we get a dog that we turned into this. Yes. Yes. Um, drone army. You know, be, be wary when you're right in. Maverick the drone-eating bird. Exactly. The secular humanist drone-eating bird. Yes. That's right. But here's the thing. So we're getting Kenny Loggins on board, no doubt. No question. Here, My question is, what is the Christian movie equivalent of The Danger Zone? Mm. What are we going to name oh, the song? Oh, yeah. The what zone? Mm. Well, is it the secular zone? Okay. Sure. Like it, something, you know. Evangelical zone. 
fly into the debating zone. Oh, Ooh, I like that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the reformed uh, zone. Yeah. The apologetic zone. Oh, that's, oh, that's it. That's yeah. it. Highway to it. the apologetics <laughs> zone. Yes. And on that, I declare <laughs> emergency <laughs> off. The apologetic zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, if, we ha- if we had more time, we would record that. Yes, There's we no definitely would. Unfortunately, we don't have to. We're producing a lot of music for Bridgebox. Ooh. That was an actual transition. You all saw it happen. Well played, sir. Wow. That's right. We do have uh, four or five songs that come out every month's Bridgebox. That's all mostly produced in-house here. A lot of great stuff based around a topic. This month's topic is, I should know this. Jed, what's this month's topic? What does God want me to do with my money? What does God want me to do with my money? Here's a hint. Sign up for Bridgebox. Yes. <laughs> I have, uh, I'm pretty confident that's, that's in there. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that. Absolutely. And if you want to heed that holy, holy call. And learn some good stuff. Get some songs for yourself. And sports ministry we do up here in Chicago with guys coming out of jail and out of addiction. Men and women, I shouldn't just say guys. And the work that uh, Lee does down there with the youth in Tennessee. You can sign up at missionusa.com slash bridgebox. So you head over there. Even if you don't sign up, there's some goodies for you to download and take for yourself. All right. We're going to jump to our first question here. It comes in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox. And it says, how do I make prayer more present in my day-to-day life? When situations are scary or sad, I talk to God a lot. But when things are going okay and I'm kind of just floating along through my day, I realize I can go days without talking to God. A very good question. And Lee, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I think it's a cool it's a cool question. And I, I like the admission, actually, because I don't think a, a lot of folks are um, upfront about the fact that they would probably go, you know, days without talking to the Lord. That's not something that that a lot of Christians would would come out front and say, so we appreciate you know that kind of honesty. And mm-hmm. what I would say on this is that <clears throat> what we probably need to do is is just take a look at what like what you think prayer does. Um, what do we um, what do we think the purpose of it is? Um, I think for a lot of folks. Um, if you're, if you're a person like me that grew up in, uh, you know, in a certain kind of church, you see prayer as a, as a very formatted thing that has to be done in a very specific tone of voice, uh, has to be done with a specific posture, um, using, you know, a very small vocabulary that everybody learns basically by rote, um, so that, um, yeah, yes. Oh, uh, gracious heavenly father of hosts, mm. author of lights, and all good and dance. Mm. We just come before you in your presence today, and mm. we just thank you for the, the bountiful blessings mm. of your bounty mm. and the glory of our lives. Uh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, that got less prayer and more Puff Daddy track from the mid-90s on you in there. Yeah, there's uh. a little hype man going on there. And, you know, the thing about that is, is I mean, the, actually what I loved about that the most was the amount of times you said the word just. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just the. I don't even is that know. not the uh, the competition all Christians are in to see yeah, how just, many just you can squeeze that's, into that's a single sentence? That's how holy sentence. it is. How yeah. many just can you, or you know the, or you know how many times do we say Father God in a, in yes. a prayer? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think for for a lot of folks, uh, prayer is one of those things that it you know you you automatically find yourself in a tone of voice. You automatically find yourself using certain words because in your mind it's only this one thing. Um, and I, I see you kind of saying in this question, like, well, prayer is the thing that I do when I'm in trouble. Um, and that's good. Um, that's actually, that's a very biblical thing. That's a very good thing. When you're having a hard time that you go to God with it. I think that's awesome. 
the thing that I would, what I would say is, why don't you try to add the element of looking at prayer just as a connection of friendship? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I, I work with young people, and even though I am not a young person anymore, um, I have this app on my phone that most people that listen to this show probably have called Snapchat, just because I work with high school kids and um, it's how they communicate. And so the thing that's one thing I didn't know about Snapchat, which all the people listening know this, um, is that people connect with each other on it, like texting back and forth, but the app will keep a record of if we have talked every day and you start streaks and people maintain these streaks. They don't take very long, but it's just kind of a, it's kind of a bid of friendship. It's like, I'm making a bid for friendship and then you answer it and we keep the streak going. Doesn't, it's just a, it's just a short little way of saying like, I'm thinking about you. I care about the maintenance of this relationship. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of older people, they don't really understand that, think that Snapchat's stupid, whatever. It's just an example of, of a thing that like, for young people, it's a, it's, a, it's a thing that they understand that says like, hey, we both agree to the fact that we care about this relationship and we want to maintain it every day, even if it's just for a second, even if it's just a four second Snapchat that I'm sending you. Um, if you thought about your relationship with the Lord like that, like, hey, we want to, we want to have some connection every day, even if I'm not in need, even if I'm ha- having a great time. I just want to connect with him. I just want to hang out. I want to talk. I want to talk about what good is going on in my day. And it's that friendship piece that I think that if we, if you start thinking about prayer as, as, as a way to maintain and increase that, that friendship piece of your relationship with the Lord, I think it'll change the way that you feel about it. Um, I think that the idea of seeing prayer as the thing I do when I'm really in trouble, that is awesome. That's great. Um, if we can add this element of, but it's also just a way that I maintain my relationship with the Lord. We just talk all the time. You know, I I talk to him in my heart in a crowded room. I talk to him out loud when I'm on a walk. I talk to him. I write down a letter in a journal or whatever, but we spend time together every day. Good day, bad day. I'm always hanging out with him. Let's try to add kind of just kind of broaden the scope of what prayer can do by adding the maintenance of the friendship piece in there and see what happens kind of on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. That's a fantastic answer for a number of reasons. The main one being, I can't imagine the number of youth pastors who have tried to make a, you know, the gospel's a lot like Snapchat analogy, <laughs> and for Lee to actually pull that off. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, in that's a good way good. that is accurate and helpful, I think sets him alone amongst the many, many people, and let's not even consider senior pastors during a sermon who don't actually know what Snapchat is, That's right. but their intern told them about it, tried to pull that off. So I think, I thought it was worth pointing out the skill that went in to I'll- that. But, also, don't try it at home. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Lee also made a number of good points in there, one of which, Jed, I'd love to get you to expand on for us, is this idea that uh, prayer is, as, is kind of a language you learn. Mm-hmm. So not only a language, but it's also a thing you learn to apply situationally. I think Lee is absolutely right that um, a lot of when you're a little kid, if you grow up in church, uh, maybe a lot of times you hear prayer is... Uh, we pray. We're gonna pray for you know Aunt Betty who's sick, mm-hmm. and we're gonna pray you know for so and so who lost his job, and you know this kid. So it is this idea of I pray when stuff is broken to fix it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's Lee brings, starts off in a very good place of saying we need to look at other things prayer can do. Can you give us some uh, ways to think through what are those things that no matter what kind of day you've had, no matter where we are, we can at the end of it say this is a thing to talk to the Lord about. Totally. Well, it reminds me of my experiences with snapping chat. Um, and, and also with, with what is app, um, sure. that I, that I use your frequently. U-books, your face tubes. Yeah. Face tube. I use a lot. <laughs> U-book I'm on often. You, you like snapping chat. You don't actually, you just 
chat with people through communicating through snapping. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> Message received. To that I say... <laughs> An important part of my prayer life now is hoping this isn't the rest of the show. Because <laughs> if you think that Glenn and Jed couldn't keep this going for the next 40 minutes, oh, believe you don't know Glenn and Jed in real life. That's oh, right. goodness. Uh, uh, Lee totally nailed the Snapchat thing. I'm super jealous. I'm I'm coming to terms with the fact that there's a host of social networks I just don't know anything about. Same here. Um, okay, so, but he also, in addition to totally um, uh, nailing that, he also made a terrific point on the friendship piece with you mm. and God. And oh, I yeah. love that. And one of the things about that is your friends, I, hopefully, are people that you tell about the things you're excited about. Right when you've got something you think is cool or yeah. neato, or there's a this girl super pretty or that guy super dreamy, or I'm you know I'm going to go out for the varsity team or whatever it is, you tell your friends about these things. Mm-hmm. It's not that you're looking for them to do anything about them. You just you just share your heart with your friends. That, that's mm-hmm. just how relationships work. And actually, the best possible thing you could do with your prayer life is to do that with God. Yeah. is to go to him and just share your heart with him. Here's here's the stuff I'm excited about. Here's the stuff that I I dream about. Here's the the stuff that I think is is cool. And when I say stuff to be more precise, here are the relationships mm-hmm. that I you know want in my life and that I'm excited about. Here are the opportunities that I'm excited about and that I want to pursue. Here are the physical possessions that I wish I had and here's what I think is cool about them, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so I think sharing with God the way that you would share with a friend is actually, that's the next thing for you in, in your prayer life. I think that's just right. The other thing that you can add in, which it's not something you would necessarily do with a friend, but it goes right along with it, is the idea of thanking God for the stuff that he's already done, right? So you said, when situations are scary or sad, you talk to God a lot. Well, because you're still on the green side of the grass, it means God brought you in some way out of those scary right. and sad situations, which means you have something to thank him for. You can you can sit down with God and you say, I remember this last thing I was really scared about, and then you brought me out of it, and thank you for that. And thank you for keeping me safe, and thank you for the things that you protected me from, and thank you for the things you taught me in the midst of that, and thank you for the people that were supportive of me in the midst of that. And that's good because it gives you something to talk to God about, but it's also good because that's going to be gas in the tank for the next situations in your life that are sad or scary. I mean, you know, it, I'm sorry that it's true, but it is. You're going to face more scad- sad and scary situations in your right. life because we all do. But when we get in the habit of thanksgiving with God, it actually, it it builds a kind of relationship that's much more capable of handling mm-hmm. scary and sad stuff. We're, we're able to, we have a strength there. So I think if you add in just sharing your heart with God the same way you would with a friend and also thanking him for the, the ways that he's blessed you and the kind of he's shown you, I think you'll just be off to the races and have some amazing stuff going in your prayer life. I think it's a really, really good place to, to move this conversation to. And Glenn, I'd love you to close this out. I think one of the things uh, Jed was saying there about prayer life is something I've heard you actually talk to people about just kind of when you're coaching them in ministry or counseling in real life, which is this idea of having to adjust out of a crisis mode. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people, uh, when they are going through something, um, hard or traumatic, that could be uh, a time of something like unemployment or the loss of a, a loved one. They, they, as our friends pointed out, they pray a lot. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also the sense that this type of intense prayer is somehow more holy, and what I need to try to do right. is port this into everyday life. 
Right. And while praying more and having an active prayer life is certainly a good thing, I'm not sure that that's necessarily true of, I want to have the same prayer life I had while, you know, I was going through chemotherapy in everyday life. I think there's right. there's nothing wrong with a crisis mode and more of a maintenance mode, but when you look at it, is what that second thing look, actually looks like. Absolutely. Well, I think part of what you're driving to, and, and I think... Uh, uh, certainly Jed was bringing this out as well, is the idea that it is important to talk to God, but not everything I say to God needs to be important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That seems right. odd and sort of contradictory in a way that that I don't want to bother God with some mundane details. He's, he's very, a busy guy. He's busy. He's got a lot of things going <laughs> well, on. In a worldly sense, the more important someone is the more judicious you try to be with their time. Sure, you don't, that's right. You don't go to the CEO of your whole company with your thoughts about, you know, how we should rearrange the stuff in the bathroom. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So there's, there's a sense of, uh, you know, I'm trying to prioritize. So it will get you into the thinking, as you're saying, of it needs to be a crisis or something. And, and I think— uh, i got to have something good. Yeah, and I think the, the, the got-tos is the real problem here, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's— I'm only talking to God about bad stuff, so now I need to talk to him about good stuff, so that I got to do that, I got to do this, you know. That part, that that element of that thought is really going to destroy a healthy prayer life. It's more important to say uh, that I want to spend as much time with God as I can. There are times when uh, I have no idea what to say to God, and I can't really begin to hear what he has to say because— I don't know if y'all have experienced this, but very often I come to God in a blind rage, and then he wants to talk me out of that <laughs> when I'm in the middle of it. So there's a little bit of a blockage sure, happening there. You sure. Know? But there are times when it's the right thing and the good thing for me to you know, sit still and be quiet and listen and, and, uh, and to just be with God, just mm-hmm. abide mm-hmm. with God, just... Just be in a quiet place and just be with him and not say anything. Right. That's okay. Uh, I think what we're we're all driving towards is an intimacy and honesty, uh, and and finding a way to to do that. And and I would underscore what Jed said about thankfulness, mm. because uh, uh, you know ultimately I think what that begins to do is it unlocks a lot of the rest of this stuff. Yeah, it puts a lot of other things in perspective. And it, it gets the, the conversation out of talking a lot of negatives with the Lord. I think, right. yes, we tend to do crisis mode. If if you're like a lot of Christians, it, it tends to be a lot of confession about how bad you suck. Yep. <laughs> That's you know, That can take up a lot of time, and we don't have time for the important things. Uh, so if we start with thankfulness, I think that begins to set us much more down a healthier path. Oh, Lord, let us go through my internet history line by line. (laughs) Really get into it. No, I think this this is all really good stuff he's got to point to. I think another thing I would add is I would would guess, I could be wrong, but I would guess you're actually doing more praying than you're giving yourself credit for. In the sense of, you know, the book uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, pray continually. There's your uh, Bible nerd trivia for the day. Everybody says the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus wept. There, there are two that tie it in the New Testament, which is First Thessalonians five sixteen and seventeen, which say, "Rejoice always, pray continually." That's mm-hmm. two verses. If you can do it continually, that means a lot of stuff falls under that prayer sure. button. 
I I was uh, driving to our jail chapel service at Cook County today, and not one, but two vehicles ran a red light at full speed, because that's how people drive in the neighborhood, and I almost got T-boned. I didn't. It was fine. But uh, I wouldn't necessarily term what happened on the backside of that as prayer, but I was definitely talking to God. Sure. About uh, there was some thankfulness there. There was some suggestions for vengeance that could be wrought on sure. these people. Smitings. Yes, absolutely. I, and I wouldn't consider, if you asked me at the end of the uh, week from now to write down my prayer time from last week, that wouldn't come up. But I was talking to God. And that's kind of a goofy example. But I think there's, if you, one of the other things to do on this is to be on the lookout for more. And it can be just abiding, which is a very smart point. That's where most of the things Glenn says. Absolutely. I feel that way. Or it could also be that kind of, you know, soft internal monologue, the way Lee was talking about it, if you just have it in your mind while you're on a walk. But I would guess that in part, if you want to have some goals for going forward, I think oh, these guys have all given you good ones. But another one would be to pay attention for times you're talking with God when it's not in that formal way. And I think that is, A, going to help you feel better about this, and B, help you expand to apply the things these guys have told you. I'm going to move on to our second question here. It comes in as well anonymously, and it says, James 4, 7 says to resist the devil and he will flee from you. I've heard some people say that means you should talk out loud to the devil, telling him we reject him. Others say we shouldn't engage the devil directly and ask God to reject him for us instead. So what does resisting the devil actually look like, and how do I do it? Jed, um, I'd love you to start us out on this one, and I think maybe the place to start is our friend here has heard one good suggestion and one super weird suggestion. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Somebody's trying to be more Christian than the Bible. Sure, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, here's the thing to me. Here's part of what I think we're dealing with is I think we have a misunderstanding about the devil. Okay, we have a way of thinking about the devil as uh, basically this completely insane dude that goes around kicking puppies and starting fires because that's just that's what the devil does. Got a little pitchfork. Got a little pitchfork. You like to jab people with it. You got to resist him. That's right. Um, that is uh, not even close to anything the Bible says about the devil. Right. Actually, what the Bible says about the devil is that he comes as an angel of light. Right which is something Christians do not ever want to think about for some reason. Here's the most important thing we can say about the devil, and it really gets to the core of the question that our question asker has asked. That is, the devil has a job. The devil has a thing he's looking to do, and the thing he's looking to do is to make sure you don't live out your calling. Right. That's what the devil is here to do. He, He doesn't care about setting stuff on fire or jabbing with pitchforks or... Anything else, the yes. only thing he cares about is you not living out the calling God has on your life. Yeah. Period. The end. That's it. Yeah. And there's a lot of people talking about resisting and fighting in spiritual warfare that aren't really on their calling, so uh, we don't have to worry about that. Exactly right. Well, to that exact point, if, here's, here's where I'd suggest you begin with resisting the devil. Figure out what it is he's trying to keep you from doing. Right. That's it. Then... Thank you. Ask God for strength and go do that thing as hard as you possibly can. That's that's how you resist the devil. Um, the devil is trying, you know, I'm, I'm about to sport, gentlemen. Uh-oh. I'm about to sport it. Okay. Real, real, real good. Okay. Okay. Uh, you're on a football field. You got the ball. You're supposed to run it down the field. Yeah. That's your job. Accurate so far. All right. The devil is trying to keep you from running it down the field. That's correct. Okay. You have to find a way to blow past him. That's what it means to resist yes. in, in this uh, metaphor. Yes. Uh, You're saying we must juke the devil. You must juke the devil. Juke the devil and he will flee from you. Uh, 
if you are not, Glenn, as you right, uh, rightly point out, if you're not doing anything, it, more accurately, if you're not trying to figure out what God has put you here on this earth to do and do it, it doesn't matter what else you do. The devil's getting exactly what he wants. Yeah. Resist, resist in a weird way. It Resist is kind of an odd word because it means something kind of different in English. Resist implies he's trying to get you to do something and you've got to keep from doing that thing. Right. It's actually the opposite that is true. Right. There's a thing he wants to make sure you don't do. Right. Resisting means figuring out what that thing is and going and doing it. And that's what we want to see you do. That's absolutely right. It's a fantastic place to start this off. And Glenn, I'd love to go to you on this. Of um, There's also a thing going on here where, again, with the very... There's some good advice our question asked for God of, you know, uh, you want to keep you want to modulate the volume depending on whether or not you're in line at the Starbucks. But, you know, talking back and, you know, denouncing, which we, we talk about quite a bit. And then there's this kind of over-Christianizing of, you know, I don't even resist. I let the Lord do my resisting for me. Right. Which is weird because the Bible says resist. Right. But I think that that is an overblown version of something a lot of Christians get into, which is uh, wanting to have the one-two steps, right. which then inherently leads to somebody trying to outdo that but all this yeah. is a kind of formalizing that's right. this idea when this is this is kind of one of those weird it's uh, you got to kind of be helter skelter on this a little bit right well absolutely i think we we need to beware when there's a formula being presented in a lot of stuff of the christian life because the the essence of being a christian is about developing a relationship with god and getting from him a sense of direction on what it is that we're meant to do as jed's pointing out so that, uh, so that the the living of that out is if you if you know the direction you're headed in, you keep heading that direction, and then that's what righteousness mm-hmm. is, you know. But the, uh, so, in other words, resisting is resisting. Uh, how you do that probably matters a lot less than the fact that you are making an active and conscious choice to resist it. I don't know about you guys, but ninety nine point nine nine percent of what I get. Uh, from the devil is something I already want to do. Sure. At least in my flesh, you know, that I want to do. Uh, and uh, so resisting is not about talking to anybody uh, the, with the thing of yelling out loud in the coffee shop. I, I resist thee. Sure. You got to do it in the I King James. I cast thee out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's not going to do a whole lot for me, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, for me, I think I have to look at and focus on the fact that I already want to do this, and I need to choose not to do the thing that I want mm-hmm. to do. Uh, that's more what I need to focus on than the specific mechanics of the process of of, of doing that. Uh, you know, I think there's a, a, a tendency to, uh, you know, uh, recognize that when we're talking about having a conversation and 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 getting this thing uh right in terms of the way we're praying through this it's about finding a way to maintain your sanity in a mm-hmm. crazy situation that's not a process of you know again sort of a mechanical i i have to follow these steps as you're saying whatever follow a formula in order for it to be correct, it's really about going to God and saying, this situation is driving me nuts, and I need your strength, and I need, and I need your protection, and I need, to, to, I, I need everything you've got that you can give me so that I have the courage to not do this thing that I want to do. That's really what our goal is. <laughs> Whatever gets you to that place, 
that's the right way to do it. And that might be even slightly different from person to person. You know, our prayer life needs to be different because we have different challenges because we're different people. I think that's a very good point to, to uh, bridge this on. Leah, I'd love you to close this out with an idea that Glenn kind of touched on there. I think it's an important one here of um, when people get a little mixed up on what they think this is going to look like with uh, cast with putting a hedge around places. Christians love a hedge. Binding oh, yeah. the devil. In right. This, in this place. Not other places. Right. But in this place we bind them. That's right. So you can't do stuff, uh, but a, a big part of that is is drama. Mm-hmm. Yep. People, as you know, spiritual warfare. We had as, as a, mi- a minor point, but I'll tell you a quick little story. We had a question at the bridge a couple of weeks ago, as we do every week. Every week, what we preach on is a question that one of the guys in the guys guys in the audience has written down and put in, and it was just a question. Basically, it basically came down to how do I get over myself when I'm in a bad mood? Yep. So you know, if I wake up early and go to work, I'm in a bad mood. I'm treating everybody crappy, and they hate me. But in the middle of it was just the phrase: Is this spiritual warfare? <laughs> right, right. Which well, I decided I was just going to start adding to everything. Sure. Right, just right. I stubbed my toe. Is this spiritual warfare? Is there a chance? Yeah. So that idea of wanting to heighten the drama, I think a lot of Christians have. But uh, I, Lee, I think one of the things we can help people out with is the actual incidents. And as, as Glenn is pointing out, if you want to effectively resist the devil, you want to come up with the low drama, low energy way to do that. Right. Because you're going to need to do it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that actually look like? Well, one of the things that I think is really neat is, um, well, like, like as Jed's saying, the the scriptures tell us that that the devil shows up as an angel of light. Jesus also says that he's the father of lies, and when he lies, he speaks his native tongue, which is yeah, which is a really cool thing because it, 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 that that verse means more to me now than it has ever meant to me because I'm trying to I'm actually actively trying to learn another language, and when you're trying to learn another language, and then all of a sudden you just go back to speaking. The, the language you learned is, you know, the first language you learned when you were growing up, you don't have to think. <laughs> you don't have to, yeah. you don't have to use any brain power. You, you don't even have to be, you don't have to be creative or crafty. It just, it just flows. Conversation just flows. And Jesus is kind of saying that about Satan when he's trying to keep you off the playing field to use, to go further with Jed's metaphor. He's trying to keep you off the playing field when he's trying to get you distracted, when he's trying to get you discouraged, confused, disoriented, so that you will quit. The whole thing there is he is just blowing lies at you all the time. And oftentimes those lies are about who you are, what you're worth, what you are about, what everybody thinks about you. It's just, it's, it's an artillery barrage just coming at you so that you will be so despondent that I can't possibly show up and do the thing that God has asked me to do, or I can't possibly not do this, you know, the carry on this, with you know doing this thing that I'm feeling tempted to do, like Glenn saying, I already want to do it, and now I'm feeling a million reasons with all these suggestions and all these things, and everybody thinks this about me and everything. So one thing that's really neat is in the you know in this verse that you point out, James is just like he gives us this really categorical promise. It's one of the few places I can think of in in the New Testament where we have a just straight up and down promise of. If you resist the devil, he will run away. That's an awesome thing. That's it's a really cool thing to think about, which means like Matt's saying, you're going to have to do this a lot. So, the idea that this is something that you can count on working is a really good deal. And everybody wants to be real dramatic about it, but it's not a dramatic thing to have a thought that's discouraging about you. You know everybody probably hates you and to think I'm not going to think that. I'm yeah. not I do not give any more space to that thought. I reject that. Um, 
you know, you should probably not go do that thing that God is calling you to do. I'm not going to think about that. I'm going to do the thing. This is a really interesting deal because one of my best friends is just one of the, just one of the coolest people in ministry I've ever met. He's oftentimes discouraged about himself, but he has never not shown up. Hmm. And sometimes when we're, when we're done with everything, we look at this, you know, look at this dude, how you doing? Well, I just feel like, I don't know, man. I just, I just don't know if I got it done today just because I was so discouraged about myself. I'm like, no, 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 you did the thing. I mean, yeah, you were down, but you did the thing. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, the whole point of getting you down was so that you wouldn't show up, but you showed up anyway, which means like, dude, you double win because not only did you show up, you showed up when you were discouraged, which shows Satan, you go ahead and throw as much discouragement as you wanted this brother. He's still going to go anyway. I mean, that is that kind of high powered stuff where it's just like, you know what? I'm not going to listen to you. I'm just going to show up and do the thing. I'm going to do the thing God called me to do. I'm not going to listen to these lies. And it's a, such a cool promise that like you resist it. He's going to, he, he can't, he can't do anything about it. He can't stop you from following what God is calling you into. He can't stop you from becoming the person that God wants you to, wants you to be. All you, and, and all you have to do is like, just like Matt's saying, in an undramatic way, I'm not listening to that. I'm not giving space to that. Now, you might need to get some friends in that with you. Like, hey, would you remind me who I am? Would you encourage me about what what it is God is doing in my life, what you see in me? Because I'm having a hard time seeing it myself. But this is part of your resistance. It's part of our tactics. It's part of, it's part of standing up against these lies. But that's what it is. It's like, it's just, I'm not going to do that thing. I'm not going to listen to those lies. I'm not going to think about what anybody else thinks about me. I'm going to go do the thing that God called me to. And that is, as Jed's saying, as Glenn's, that is the whole ball game. Mm-hmm. Are you showing up? Are you becoming the person that God has made you to be? Are you doing the thing anyway? He cannot stop you. He cannot, he cannot handle that room. Okay. When you show up, when you do it anyway, he is completely defeated. Absolutely right. I think that's a, a really fantastic point. I'll, I'll go to that James verse as we close out here. Cause I think we talk about the flip side of this on the podcast a fair amount, which is there's an ideal of where we want to arrive in our relationship with God, which mm-hmm. is he tells me the thing and I just unquestionably do the thing. Um, I, I'm not there yet. I don't sure. know if anyone really is, nope. but there's a, the process of getting there is as the part we talk about a lot, which is God tells you something about yourself, your situation, what you want to do that you don't hear. So you open with yes, but mm. you could turn everybody I don't like into a greasy spot on the floor and give me a million dollars. Right. That's also an option. Yes. Let's negotiate. Yeah, that's right. So you, you you have a place you start, and then hopefully over the years and over the number of times he comes through for you, that kind of chips down yeah. to where we're getting ever, ever closer and closer to, okay, whatever you say. Right. I'm not even going to question it. Go. Right. What we're looking at with the devil is kind of an opposite thing. Mm. What we want, where we want to land is the simplicity of James 4, 7, which is resist and yep. just that full on no. Right. Well, everybody probably hates you, no. Right. That's probably for everybody you, no. Right. But you have to start with a little more ammunition. You have to start with, in a lot of ways, having the argument, which is, as Lee points out, and that is a really good thing to know your Bible, to have some verses if you if you uh, struggle with insecurity, to have some verses about identity. If you struggle mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, lack of uh, not really knowing what you want to do with your life, some verses that uh, remind you that God has that, having some people around you. And you have it starts out as the full conversation, 
Yeah. And then that gets shortened to, mm, we did this yesterday, still no. <laughs> and eventually you get, you get ever, ever closer to the devil jumping on your shoulder and saying, well, what about this, that, and the other? You go, nah, right. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. But I think it, it doesn't do us any good to do, these guys have all described a lot of Christian culture stuff, once you do, which is just jump straight to declaring victory and resistance and binding and all that. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with saying, I'm starting this off and I need... This is going to be a longer conversation, mm-hmm. and over time, that's that's going to condense down. But that's a path we are all on. We're just at different points of it. Okay, and we're going to move on to our final question here. It comes in anonymously, and it says, Romantic relationships often only work through compromise on both parts. However, how do we know that what is or isn't too much? For example, I need a bit of time to myself every day. That seems reasonable. But if I need to spend a week without talking to my significant other every month, is that reasonable for the relationship? And Glenn, why don't you start us off? No. <laughs> Would you care to expand on the no? Yeah. No. Uh, I Well, I see uh, exactly what you're talking about here. Yeah, uh, I think it's, it's worth pointing out uh, to our question ask credit that I, I assume they know the, secondary, the second example there is ridiculous. Yes, That's kind yeah. of the point. Yeah, they're right. Um, yeah, I think ultimately what, what – when I hear a lot of questions on, online about relationships from uh, sort of people from a younger generation – it seems like a lot of those questions start with, okay, so I know that dating someone will ruin my life. Sure. And probably destroy my faith. But do you hear a lot of it in the in the same phrases? I know I shouldn't pick up this badger. Yeah. But if I did, but if I how did, should it do it? That's right. Here's the thing. Um, you know, trying to have a personal... Uh, mental health and trying to have a relationship shouldn't be mutually exclusive. <laughs> that wouldn't be the ideal. I mean, that, absolutely, you need time to yourself, and that's good. Uh, you need all sorts of other things in terms of how to be a healthy and happy and, and balanced person. But the idea is you're looking for the relationship to be part of that, to mm-hmm. help you find that. In other words, if you're dating somebody and you need some time alone, can you count on the other person to say, well, I'll run this errand for you. That that way you have more time where you can be alone. Mm-hmm. And then when mm-hmm. I come back from the errand, we can hang out because you've already had your alone time. So that's it doesn't become an either or. Mm-hmm. It becomes a both and. And that's what you're ideally looking for. Now, the way to get there is to serve one another and to understand yes. one another and to respect that a, another person has a need. You know, if it's if I'm coming from an insecure place of when you're not here, I feel like I'm wandering alone in the wilderness or, you know, then, well, that's bad. And that's that's you know, you're that's a codependency kind of thing. We're trying to get away from that. Um, but ultimately, uh, I think. Part of the the question here is also uh, there's a compromise point that we might be trying to reach, but there are times when maybe the 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 situation gets to where I can't participate in my part of the relationship. At that point, you're not really looking to compromise. We're looking to either put that relationship on hold and and move on to other things, or figure out how to get the help that you need so that you can participate in 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 a full sense. So I think there is a a bit of a boundary line there. If we're look, if it is to an extreme where I need to be alone for a week or something, now yeah, that's about being not being able to participate. But ideally the relationship 
needs to be configured so that you're helping each other meet your individual needs. Yeah. I think that's a very good point. Leo, I'd love to, to pick up here. This idea uh, that Glenn is on with configuration, I think, is an important one here. Yeah. Obviously, as, as Glenn points out, he's very, is very smartly. Uh, some of this depends on uh, how committed we are in this relationship, what level of relationship this is. But yeah. looking at having a functional, a very committed dating relationship or marriage, um, every marriage is super weird. Yep. Yeah. Right. Every marriage has aspects of it that make it work. I say this as an outside observer of marriage, has aspects of it that this marriage would not work without this. Yes. And if you ported this into almost any other marriage, it would immediately collapse it. That's right. A good you, exa- what you're saying is good marriages are weird. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, a good example uh, f- that we all know people have done, that several people have done this, is I, I would wager to say that everybody on this podcast knows a married couple that has a happy, healthy, growing Christian marriage who have separate bank accounts. Right. Yep. That's right. We, and we figured out, as Glenn's point, we talked it through, we figured out a system where we, we pay all the bills and then it's just his and hers for right. spending money and that just keeps it easy. That's objectively a terrible idea. Yep. Right. If you were sitting down with people saying, we're going to get married, what should we do? One of the first things you say, if, if they... if any of the people on this podcast are giving premarital counseling and people came out and said, well, I'm, we're going to have separate bank accounts for sure. <laughs> It'd be time. like, who oh, time out. You're going <laughs> to what now? <laughs> yeah. Right. But if, it, if you, as Glenn is describing this process, if you arrive at this unique solution by we're both being honest and vulnerable right. and putting mm-hmm. all our cards on the table, how do we get there? That's fine. Lee, I think what I'd love to get you to speak to you specifically is I think one of the things that's coming out from our question asker here and a lot of younger folks who haven't been in a lot of relationships is this idea of, what am I allowed to press for? What's mm. too out there and too weird? How, what should I have figured out before I come into this situation? And I think maybe what we're learning is don't pre-negotiate too much stuff. This is more about finding a healthy way to deal with what we put out there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a that's a that's a good way to lead into it. I think one of the things one of the things that we want to look at is what is the point of having a relationship? You know, if if your deal is, well, I, I want to, from the outset, I want to say that I need a full on week out of every single month where I don't have to be around you. Well, you don't want a relationship with me, you know? Yeah. Um, and so we have to look at <clears throat> from the beginning, <clears throat> excuse me, what is, what is a relationship supposed to do? Why did you want one in the first place? Why do you want to be <clears throat> this exclusively connected to someone else, are you aiming toward a marriage? A marriage is an unbelievable amount of cooperation. A marriage is a team, and you're supposed to be the kind of team that that makes your life and your your calling from the Lord, makes all, all of that happens better and more supportive of each other because of this connection, because of this friendship, because of the the commitment to each other and the time spent and everything. I think Glenn's exactly right. I mean, when I look at when I look at the things that that Christy and I have figured out over the last 15 years in our marriage, um things that like like Matt's saying might not work for for everybody else, but we have like we've like fine-tuned some processes and some some give and take from just from learning, going through difficult times, things that we did not plan on happening to us, things that we never would have, you know, asked for. And then in the, in the process of walking through some storms, we figured out like, oh, this is what I need when I'm in this kind of situation. And this is what you need when you're in this kind of situation. Let me show you how I will devote all of my energies 
into taking care of you while you're in the middle of this need. And then we get to the other side of that, that storm that, you know, that chaos ends and we've learned some stuff about each other and we've learned what it means to serve one another. Now here we are 15 years in and we've got, we know each other well, we know how to serve each other. We, 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 you know, it's like we are submitting to, to uh, each other's needs of, of alone time, of connection time, of, of what connection looks like and means to us, what, you know, what kind of conversation fills us up, that kind of stuff. And now we've, we've, we're like fine tuning this system. This is something that takes, and all of the, these other two brothers that are married on the show will, will, will tell you that I'm right about this. This process takes years to figure out of, of give and take of serve and learn of screw it up. Say you're sorry, reboot, you know, uh, you know, recalibrate, figure it out, try it again, that kind of a thing. But here is the key. And this is the thing. And if you don't have this piece, none of it will work is both people have to be able to say, Hey, this is what I need from you. This is what I'm going through. And this is what I need from you. How can we make this work? If you're not honest about what you need, then what you're going to find you're basically going to have a time where nobody gets anything that they need. Chris, mm-hmm. This is a true story. Christy and I were on a date, and we had to run by the Target to get some stuff. This, this is a store in this country. We're at this store, and we see a couple coming up the aisle that we knew from, from the church. And they said, oh, are you guys on a Target date too? And we're like, yeah, we had to get run by and get some stuff because we didn't have our kids. They didn't have their kids. And they said, yeah, this is our annual date. Without our kids, wow. wow! And I was like, "Dude, and you're uh, you're at the Target, huh? Well, like, then, yeah, no, Pretty sweet. You don't know, but you know, when you dig a little deeper, it's because nobody's saying what they need. Nobody's yeah. honestly yeah, asking yeah, yeah, for yeah. help. Nobody is saying, "I'm drowning over here, and you've got to hire a babysitter immediately and get me out of this house." You know, right, you got right. to say that stuff. We've got to be honest about it. And you're going to make mistakes and you're going to mess it up and you're going to have to say, I'm sorry, I totally screwed that situation up. Let me try that again. Let me try. You learn how to serve each other. You learn how to take care of each other. But it, that thing flourishes through time and it flourishes in, a, in an environment of complete honesty about, about what you're going through and what you need. Amen. Yeah, that's a fantastic point. And Jed, I'd love to get you to, to close us out here. Um, I think one of the things, and it goes back to where Glenn started us with sometimes questions people have about relationships who either haven't been in a lot of relationships or have been raised in an environment that has an unhealthy view of relationships, such as the equal doom. Right. Inherently. Yes. Um, Some of that just screws up your natural barometer for some of this stuff. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It doesn't mean you can't be in relationships. It just means you need to get a little perspective sometimes, right? Exactly right. Exactly right. This will sound weird. Go with me for a minute. One of the most essential things to being in a successful relationship, and I want to be clear that nearly every bit of advice you've heard in this question applies to serious dating relationships, engagements, and marriage. Absolutely. We're, we're not talking about casual dating and me and Joe Bob going to the malt. You know, right. I mean, it's, you know, this is, is for people that are either married or pursuing marriage. One of the most essential things for that kind of serious relationship is recognizing that your feelings can be wrong. Let me say that again. You can feel something super hard and have it simply be factually inaccurate. Doesn't sound very Christian, Jed. I know it doesn't. 
very, very, very early on in Hallie and my marriage, I needed some clothes. And so there's a store in the United States called Old Navy, and they sell the cheapest clothing known to man. And so yes. I explained to my wife. It's, it's the Primark of America. Yes. I, I expl- by, by European people. Very international. Them. Yes, yeah. Explain to my wife, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the Old Navy. I'm going to check the clearance rack, and we'll see what yeah. we see. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, take it from there. How was that received? How kind of looks at me for a second, and she says, can you, can, can you explain to me why we're beginning by checking the, the clearance rack at, at the Old Navy? It's like, well, I mean, you know, if we can... If we can find a T-shirt for four dollars, you know, then we're really off to the races. Just doing, you know, right. call today. Everything's right. everything's great. Kind of a pause, and and you know, my wife comes and says, you know, they normally charge about ten dollars for a T-shirt, right? Which we can afford. Right. We could, you could just, you could buy the ten dollar T-shirt. That yeah, would right. that would be okay. We can get the good T-shirt. We we can get the good old navy T-shirt. That right. that would be okay. Right. Now, in in my mind, in this moment, there's this thought: no cheaper is better. Right. What, right, it, right, right. Without exception, right. in all things. I'm just putting right. it on my body. Exactly right. right. <laughs> that's right. It's just the way I present myself. Who cares to the... <laughs> what kind of chemicals are on it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is the primary vehicle through which I present myself to the world. It's not like it's important. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so there's, there's a moment of, dude, cheaper is better. House is even a discussion. Right, right. But then there's a moment of recognizing perhaps my wife knows something. Yeah. I don't. Yes, definitely. Perhaps I'm crazy and yeah. she's not. <laughs> and this is the thing about a serious relationship is you you not only can you, you will have feelings about things that are just wrong. You yeah. will be convinced the only right way to purchase clothing is from the dumpster behind the clearance rack <laughs> right. behind the old navy. Right. And you will be wrong about that because that is actually not the way to do anything. That's right. Um, and you should be open that there, you could be wrong about that. You should be open to the idea that you could be wrong about that. Here's how this relates to your question. You say, I need a little bit of, of time to myself every day. Okay, that's that's fine. And you point out, and rightly so, but if I need like a week off every month, you know, that's that's kind of weird. Well, here's the problem. There's a lot of space in between there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. figuring out where do we land on that actually is going to take some teamwork and it's going to take you being open to the idea that you can feel things that are wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you will say, no, I need, I need, you know, 30 minutes every day to myself and I don't care what anybody says. And your wife says, no, you need a lot more than that. Right. I, I, right. I know you, you need at least double that. Why don't right. we find a way where you've got an hour of you time every day? And then you say, oh, okay, well, okay then. Seems good. Good. It's good. You know, uh, and, and there's other times you say, you know, I, you know, I need to take this Saturday, and I don't want any phone calls or any emails or anything. Anyway, says that is a practical impossibility. Right. We need, right. we, we need to find. You feel it very strongly. It's actually not right. possible for that to happen. We right. need to work out other ways for this need to be met. And so, if you're open to the idea that you can be wrong about things, you can feel things, but they can simply be wrong, then. Um, that will let you guys move forward. But you can take that one step further. You and your wife together need to be open to the idea that you guys as a couple can feel things and be wrong about them. Mm-hmm. Part of the point of going to a marriage counselor, uh, going to premarital counseling, going to marriage counseling, sitting down with a pastor and getting advice is to have someone that can see things that you don't see. That's that's right. the whole thing. That's That's why mm-hmm. we do that. But if you're not open to the idea that you can be wrong about stuff, then it's a waste of time. 
if right, it's right. no, we've got this. We're right. we're squared away. We we're, we're like the very wise who see all ends. I think that's how the quote goes. Um, yeah. You know, we're doing we're doing all, so basically. If you could just tell us we're doing awesome, that'd be great. Right, right. That's what we're here to do. That's actually not counseling in any way, shape, or form. Right. The the problem. Um, all of us on this podcast have been involved in doing a certain amount of premarital counseling and postmarital counseling and and trouble relationship counseling. And here's the thing we see most often is people where the plane has crashed into the mountain in terms of their relationship, and they'll tell you all kinds of just awful stuff about their relationship and themselves and each other and you say well it it sounds like xyz is the problem and again no one could possibly be confused that xyz is the problem right, it's right. it's written in the night sky right. and they kind of blink and you go yeah i don't know uh, i don't think so i don't i don't I think, think so. we're good on that yeah I think soul ties is the problem yeah soul ties is definitely yeah. the problem we gotta we gotta yeah. sort that out yeah that's it we gotta we're gonna get after the soul ties that that actually will kill your relationship. That right. That's the worst thing you can do for it. The idea, now, we want to make people earn our trust. We don't want to go around willy-nilly saying everybody in the world knows more than I do because that, that's definitely not true. But the way that we begin to answer your question about finding that that happy medium is by recognizing my feelings are deceptive. Yeah. They, they yeah. simply will tell me things that aren't true. And I need to have people starting with my significant other, but also people who are in a pastoral and mentoring role to me that have earned a spot of trust who can tell me, I know you feel this, but you're wrong about it. Right. You know, here's the truth. Here's reality. Here's what we want to do, given that. And if you can get to that place, we know you can. There's no limit to how good your relationship can be. Absolutely right. I'll tack one very small thing onto the end of that very, very good advice, which is one thing within that that you're going to have to learn, be it in a relationship or another stuff, which a lot of people and a lot of Christians are very uncomfortable with, is there is a line mm-hmm. in the sense of, and it's as we pointed out, it's different for every couple, it's different for every person. But there is, as Jed is pointing out, well, I need 30 minutes of myself every day. Okay, that's cool. I need an hour of myself every day. Oh, that seems fine. There comes a point. Where you say, no, too much. Yep, You've hit right, the line. Right, we must re-examine. Right, that's right. I think uh, with the kind of the two ends of the spectrum hypotheticals that our friend gave us here, there that belies a certain thinking that is in a lot of, actually a lot of just American culture stuff, a lot of Christian stuff specifically of, yeah, yeah maybe. Who's to say? Yeah, I mean, if I say they can't spend four hours a day alone, that's basically like saying they that wanting 30 minutes alone is unreasonable. Yeah. And if I say they can have 30 minutes, that's essentially saying that a week, a month is fine. Mm-hmm. There, there comes time, which we don't like because on some level it is arbitrary, mm-hmm. but it's truthfully, there's not an actual uh, scientific method, objective reason that an hour and a half is fine and two hours is too much. Mm-hmm. But again, that's relationships are made up of people yep. and you got to communicate and figure all that stuff out, which you're capable of doing. If it's two people who are wanting to, to use Glenn's phrase, pull on the same end of the rope, but that's, that's all very doable. So thanks for your questions. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, the bridge, Chicago.tumblr.com. We've redesigned that site, but there's a little uh, bar at the top. And if you just click on contact us, you'll see the place where it says, ask me anything. You can click right on that and submit anonymously. We're going to take out this week with a little bit of rock. Ooh. This is a new, brand new track recorded for our FM radio show here in Chicago, which we podcast as The Bridge Loud from our friends Sign Upon Your Hands. This is called From the Lions. We're going to take out with that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Coming this summer, Jesus Bird the Movie. I'll defeat your gospel of helping people with my army of secular drones. <laughs>